0: the varsity club podcast my name is derek peterson first and foremost thank you for downloading for listening to for rating and sharing and reviewing this show i really appreciate it if you like this show know that Hill varsity has other podcast offerings that are in fact better with a lot less blabbering so head to HailVarsity.com backslash network to get caught up on all of those podcasts also the 2021 nebraska football yearbook is drawing near it's our passion project, our pride and joy. It's one of the coolest things I've, that I've ever worked on, frankly. Um, and I've done three of them now, I think. Um, yeah, because this will be my fourth. And it's coming up soon. So make sure you are a Hail Varsity subscriber so that you can secure your copy of the yearbook. Don't wait. You don't want to get caught in that like interim where the yearbook is coming out. You know it's coming out. You know you want it, but you're a little past the deadline to get it. Go subscribe to hailvarsity.com. It's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. This week, Greg Smith and I chatted on Thursday for a video that went up on our, our YouTube page and in, in our website Friday um, about the running backs. Maybe you've seen that video already. Maybe you haven't. I don't know when you're listening to this. Seeing as I intended to base this week's podcast on the running backs as well, rather than recording the same thing twice, Uh, We're just going to cut and paste a little snippet of that combo here on this feed. Just a little table setting first. In case you missed it, Ronald Tompkins went into the transfer portal this week. Here is hoping that he lands somewhere and gets his career back on track. Uh, For him, a two-year tenure in Lincoln was was pretty tough sledding. Um, He redshirted his first year. And then he opened the 2020 season as the number two back before inconsistencies in practice availability uh, caused him to fade down the depth chart a little bit this spring it, it seemed to me at least like Tompkins was losing ground um, Nebraska has Marquis Stepp who probably frankly lost a little ground himself uh, just because Nebraska also has a trio of freshman backs who I think and a lot of other people think made the most of their spring opportunities is, is what it sounds like Marvin Scott third and Jacques Yant both second year players um, both freshman by eligibility, and then Gabe Irvin Jr., a first-year freshman. Um, so a lot of youth <laughs> on the uh, on the depth chart, a lot of youth at running back, and I, I think most people sort of taking a microscope to this room, to this group, probably would have expected one guy at least to look elsewhere after the spring just because there are so many options. Um, now what this says about the room going forward, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure. I still personally think that Ryan held has put together an impressive collection of talent, but the hard truth is that the Nebraska running back room, we're going to limit this to five scholarship guys and Yant, who's a walk-on that they don't view as a walk-on, but he's still a walk-on. Um, those six guys have a combined 661 rushing yards. Give or take a couple yards. Math was not my strong suit. 153 carries, so it works out to about 4.3 yards per carry for those that are away from a calculator. And they have one Big Ten start amongst them. Step has three quarters of the yardage and about two-thirds of the carries. He obviously doesn't have any Big Ten starts. And it doesn't seem it doesn't seem as likely Now, as it did a few months ago, that he'll get the keys to the car. Um, Tompkins' loss doesn't bite into returning production, if at all. It does clear up the picture at running back, maybe 10% or so, heading into the summer and fall months. Um, I say 10% because, I mean, I expected, coming out of the spring, I expected Step and Scott and Irvin... Maybe you could throw Yant in there. I'm a sucker for Savion Morrison. I expect those kind of three guys at the top, the first three names that I gave, to be the top contenders for snaps as we kind of head into the summer months and and get close to fall camp. Um, But Tompkins' departure also opens the door to a a potential discussion that that we might have to talk about a a little bit in the future. Um, Just keep in mind for now that Tompkins is out. Ramir Johnson might be looking up at a few guys on the depth chart. And Brees Hall is a returning first-team All-American for Iowa State at running back. Um, when Hall, uh, his stepdad, was an eye-back for Nebraska. So when Brees Hall got a Nebraska offer in the 2019 class, he told our own Greg Smith, who you're going to hear from in a little bit, that, quote, It felt good because I'm from Omaha, and it felt good to know that I could be playing in front of my family. The Nebraska one meant a lot because my stepdad played for Nebraska, so he really wanted me to get that one. End quote. Nebraska took Tompkins and Johnson and Dedrick Mills in the 2019 class, and Hall, despite being a legacy guy in the 500-mile radius, he's playing out of Wichita, Kansas. He went to Ames. In two seasons now with the Cyclones, because he played right away, Hall has 2,469 yards. He has 30 touchdowns. And he has a 5.3 yards per carry average on his runs. Uh, also, he had one of college football's best quotes last year when uh, after beating Texas, he said five-star culture beats five-star players or five-star culture versus five-star players. Basically saying, yeah, you can keep the recruiting rankings. We're going to keep doing what we're doing over here. It's like the, the perfect guy. Uh, for, a, for a locker room. Coaches love that kind of mentality. In two seasons for Mills and Tompkins and Johnson combined, now Johnson still has ways to go, still has some time to go, Nebraska has gotten 1,259 yards. Mills has a lot of that. 13 touchdowns at a clip of 4.8 yards per carry. So significantly less production from three guys than from one guy. Now, Ramir still has time. I still like Savion Morrison. Like I said, uh, Yant or Irvin could pop and be really good. Scott is intriguing. And it's important to, to just reiterate that these things happen to everyone, everywhere, all the time in recruiting. It's the way the world works. It happens all the time. But, but, these kinds of near misses probably need to stop happening to Nebraska or at least stop happening at the frequency that it seems like it happens. Hall might be a Heisman dark horse this season. He finished 6th in balloting last year. He led the country in rushing. He's already one of the best backs in the country after 2 years. So, it's just something to keep in mind. Here's my conversation with Greg about the running backs. I got Greg Smith with me. Greg, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Um I'm good. I wore a specific hat just for you. And uh, in a little bit, we'll break out the Phoenix Suns gear that I have specifically to troll you.
1: <laughs> I don't know why you would want to put some garbage <laughs> like that on. But hey, <laughs> I guess we're trying to find something worse than this Cubs gear, you guys. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, to anybody that is, that is watching this and may have watched the, I guess, first iteration of it on tuesday or whenever you watched it um we're just talking about the taking stock of running back series that i have been doing on hill well it's not a running back series it's taking stock of position group series that i've been doing on hill running through every single position group on the team as we exit spring ball and just sort of resetting the field for where we're at um greg and i Got together, and I'll give you kudos again. This was Greg's idea. Thank you, Greg, for this. More content. Keep the wheel churning. Um, Greg had the idea to just get together and talk about it a little bit more in front of a camera so that you guys could watch it on YouTube Uh, because Husker fans are awesome in the sense that they will never stop wanting to talk about Nebraska football. So we talked about outside linebackers um, on Tuesday. Time is a flat circle. And we're going to talk about running backs today. We did defense. We're going to do offense today. And Greg, buddy, this is a weird room. This is a very weird room. And I kind of, I'm, I'm high on this room. I'm high in the sense that I am optimistic about the talent that Ryan held has accumulated and added to this group. But as we exit spring ball, Marquis Stepp didn't participate in the spring because of pre-spring surgery. Uh, we found out that, like, Ramirez Johnson missed a lot of the spring. Ronald Tompkins missed time uh, and has since departed. He's in the transfer portal. Um, guys missed with, like, bumps and bruises here and there. And it seemed like really, like, Marvin Scott and Jacques Yant were maybe the most consistent of the bunch in terms of just being on the field. And so like, for me specifically, I've kind of, and I'm going to, I'm going to center this conversation on step for a second, just because I think he can kind of be um, emblematic of the whole. I kind of thought it's not a big deal if he misses the spring because he's, I mean, regardless, he's going to be your most experienced back going into the fall. So as long as he's okay for the fall, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, with the scope position, sometimes the best ability is availability. And it seems like with this running back room, though there is talent, and I forgot to mention Savion Morrison, who also missed time in the spring. Though there is talent, availability doesn't seem to be a, a, an ability that is in great supply. Does that worry you about this running back room? That's I think that's the place to start.
1: Yes, that that is to me... The, the biggest worry uh, for me about this room is the lack of availability um, through the spring. And I think that, and it goes hand in hand with something else that concerns me after that is that it just isn't long the position group as a whole on experience. Right. And so the only guy that really has that experience Marquis step that you mentioned, but he, he doesn't have it at Nebraska in this system. And in this conference. And so I also I just worry that it's going to be an adjustment because I was not with you. We've talked about this like off, off video like before, not just today that I was not with you on that. I was concerned all along that step missed the spring because I just think that getting acclimated to everything just takes some time and that it's harder than it you would think to just hit the ground running in the fall. While he might be able to do that, and that's now the best case scenario. I just think that's tough. Um, so yeah, the the lack of availability through the spring for multiple guys, as they now then head into this huge summer, in which they're still battling, like we still don't know. And we also don't know 100% when Step is coming back and when he's going to be right. Um, so there's also that kind of mystery cloud that's hanging out there too. It's just the position, like you said, is just it has talent. And so you can't just write it off, but it's still a mystery and kind of a grab bag on what you actually can expect to get from the group. So Tompkins entered the transfer portal. Like I mentioned, um,
0: it, it sucks. It sucks for him. Knee injuries suck. They kind of take more than just the allotted like recovery timetable before you're medically cleared to come back from knee injuries, oh. particularly like ACL tears. Sometimes they just suck. Sometimes you need to change the scenery. Um, so Tompkins is moving on. I wish him nothing but the best. At least Ramir Johnson uh, as the guy from that class. 2019 class right so they yep. took they took three because Wando was technically an all-purpose back so they took three backs in that class and two of them have left and Ramirez Johnson is is the only one remaining and he seems like he might be a little buried on the depth chart um, this has become a theme with Nebraska where we talk about barren recruiting classes either on the whole or it's at key positions uh, yeah. Are you potentially worried about that 2019 crop of running backs maybe causing problems for the running back room just from a depth standpoint or just from a development standpoint on the whole? We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Uh, uh,
1: No, actually. And a lot for the same reason that I don't, I'm not concerned about it from the wide receiver. It's the same reason it's because they continue to bring guys in. Like you have to give them that like, yeah, there's been departures, but there there's been no shortage of other guys backfilling that. And in part, and really even more at running back, the reason why those guys have been moving on or will continue to move on potentially is that there are other guys that are the same age or younger that they may be looking up at on the depth chart.
0: We could, um, I did a stock rising section in my piece where I had Ryan held as somebody whose stock is rising, which I think it should, because I think he's a wonderful coach with head coaching experience who probably should start getting some looks here in a couple of years, as long as he keeps building talent. Um, I also had Jacques Yant in that section for Stock Rising. But in reality, I could have put three guys in this, and the three that, that benefited the most from this spring probably in, in Yant, um, Gabe Irvin, who's a true freshman, early enrollee, and Marvin Scott, who's in his second year. Um, Greg, let's talk specifically about Irvin because he's kind of the new guy to the room. He's the one everybody is excited about. I have referenced this before. I did a piece for Hale Varsity looking at true freshman running back production. It's really hit or miss. Uh, doesn't It's not really contingent on whether you are a high star recruit or, or whatever for who produces the most, but you're either producing a ton like A.J. Dillon level at Boston College or you're getting like 100 yards and not a ton of touchdowns, not a ton of opportunity. A lot of them are red shirting. Do you think, and we've talked about this before, as we're a little bit more removed from spring now and you've been able to digest everything that was kind of said about Irvin and everything that we saw from Irvin in the spring game. And then we got to talk to him a little bit after the spring game. Do you think that uh, he he is a legitimate contender for snaps this fall?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think he's a legitimate contender for snaps. I think he's a legitimate contender to start um, as a true freshman, which it's surprising, oh, I got even stuttered over it because you, you it's not even that you didn't know what to expect from him as a true freshman. It just wasn't, so, he just wasn't someone that when he signed, you thought, oh yeah, he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and compete. But then I had to remember one of the things that I do say kind of quite a bit is that once guys get here, all bets are off because the star ranking really doesn't matter. And it becomes a lot about, The type of room that you entered and there was not a better situation maybe on the team than the room that he entered to be able to then get a shot to, you know, make an impact during the spring and then play. Right. Um, And it seems from all accounts that he has made the most of that opportunity. Um, And so I feel really confident saying that he's going to be in the mix um, to play this season. I, I definitely think that he's a stock up guy right now.
0: Yeah, and he's a guy that's got good size for a true freshman. He's got good feet. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like he he took well to the to the playbook um pretty early. And like like you said, I mean, all bets are off whenever those guys get here. And some in a lot of instances, like the guys that have the best first year are the guys that you don't expect to have the best first year. Like the five-star guys are gonna get their, you know, role as a backup or a third string or a utility guy that comes in on third down or whatever, and they're going to do what they do. Cause they're really talented. But like you said, um, sometimes fit and the room that you walk into is the most important. And like, if we learned anything from this spring, it's that the, <laughs> the running back room is just completely wide open. We have no idea who's going to be the starter. We have no idea who's going to be the backup. We have no idea if the starter in week one is going to be the starter in week six or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it the the field is constantly shifting. Um, does that it does that excite you because there is potential? Does that worry you because we don't know, like where are you at with this running back room? Just in terms, because like wh- one of the sections of this piece of this recurring piece is fall outlook, and I said a lot of optimism there, a lot of opportunity there. Someone got to go grab it. So are you are you glass half full with this room, or are you glass half empty with this room?
1: I am glass half full because I do believe in the talent that they have in the room and that somebody is going to go grab this thing during the, now, during the summer. And, and, you know, I think it was the last time that we talked to Ryan Held right before the spring game in which he kind of, I thought he was as honest and open as you've seen a coach. Outside of that time, we talked to Greg Austin uh really this spring where he was just great that one time for, it felt like, 25 minutes. Um, I thought Held was really honest about, like, what he needed to see from his guys in the summer that was when he gave the the now famous like "It's gonna be Rocky Four this summer, but he talked about within that answer, and that got all the attention but within that answer, he talked about which guys needed to lean up and how they needed to be looking at their diet during the off season and when it was hot outside, they needed to be out on a field sweating and you know all of the little things that they needed to do, and he basically through the media issued a challenge to those guys saying, "Hey." These carries are here and they're available. Somebody needs to step up. Um, and I think that that, that kind of fires me up. So hopefully as for those guys that are hearing that one of them or two, hopefully for Nebraska's sake decides that, Hey, I'm going to take this challenge. I'm gonna take the ball and run with it. I just want you to know
0: that I was going to borrow a segment from your podcast uh, coach speak. And I was going to read off this Rocky four quote and ask you what in the hell is Ryan Held talking about <laughs> with this Rocky four thing. And now I can't do that because you just told me what he was talking about. So you ruined, you ruined my segue in a way to plug oh. your podcast, but Man. yes. This, I, I, uh, I... So no, no talk about Greg's podcast, uh, <laughs> but this Rocky four quote was awesome. It needs to be Rocky four. We got to get in there and get after it and then be ready to go this fall. I like the room, but we don't have anybody that's returning with a whole bunch of experience. Our guys are hungry and they know that the questions are out there. What does the room look like? And that's motivation for us. That's great. We need that. We're not going to make any excuses. We've got to get it done. And that was one thing that I appreciated about Ryan held. um, And really a lot of the offensive coaches this, this spring was that no excuses were made from the offensive coaches, from the assistants, Um, You could say the same thing about a guy like Tony Tuioti on defense. No excuses were made. There was a sense of urgency uh, when we talked to Held. And then when we talked to Greg Austin, who is the run game coordinator, sort of by extension about the running game and the running backs, it was a lot of, it wasn't good enough last year, which I mean, if you look at, like you could look at what happened um, with Dedrick Mills in the final game against Rutgers and say like, Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Or you could look at the first, what, seven games of the season uh, for Dedrick Mills and then all eight games for all the other guys and say that Nebraska didn't have a running back averaging more than four yards a carry up until Dedrick Mills had like half of his yardage on the season in that one game. So, yeah, they do have to be better and they are going to have to have one guy really kind of take hold of that position because to this point, the coaching staff has been sort of um adverse to going with a by committee approach they they have wanted to find that that guy that can be an every down ball carrier and i mean like we could talk about like well they didn't really live it with Wandale robinson Well, they kind of did because Wandale turned into their every down ball carrier um but like if if they're gonna go to a by committee approach if they're gonna just bite that bullet and do it greg do you think this is a room that is capable of doing that Do you even like that strategy
1: I I do not like the strategy. I also don't know that they have the, the type of room to do the to do that. And the thing that that would worry me worry me about doing it by committee if you were talking about say three guys or maybe you know four because they have the bodies to do that um, it, Everyone is so inexperienced outside of step. So, like, I feel like getting game reps and going through all of that is the thing that would really help speed up the development of those guys. And how quickly can you do that if you're utilizing a by-committee approach? Like, I feel like when they get to the first game against Illinois, like, they need to have settled on two guys, maybe a third that kind of can get sprinkled in and and roll with that. Like, I, I just think that, that that would be more beneficial. And I think that would raise the, the level of expectation for what this group could be. That's fair. And
0: I, I don't think there's, a, there's ever been a running back that's ever been in favor of a by-committee approach. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I think they all want to be like, nope, give me 25 carries and let me go to work. Let me kind of get into the rhythm of the game. Um, Greg, Thursday, May 20th, Friday, May 21st, whenever you are watching this viewer at home, or on your computer or whatever, uh, or Saturday or whatever. May, projection, prediction, who is the starter on August 28th?
1: Man, I'm going to go with Gabe Irvin right now, reluctantly, because I don't – yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Gabe It's not, nothing to do with him. It's just really tough to pick <laughs> which person you think it is, but I'm glad you, you time-stamped it so that you can give me ask me this again uh, on June 20th. Is it bad that
0: my answer might potentially have changed from like two, three weeks ago when we did the depth chart projection? Is that a bad thing?
1: No, because I think, I think it's fair. Who did you have the first time reminding me?
0: I had Step as the number one and Scott as the number two. And my justification for Step was that he's still the safe and I, I thought odds-on favorite. Yeah. Seems like the 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 safe play. I might go with Scott. Yeah. I might do it. I don't know. But this is, I mean, and, and you and I have talked about this at a lot of positions. Like this is the thing, is there's just there's so many unknowns, uh, which makes it which makes it hard to project, but also makes it fun to talk about. So Absolutely. that's kind of where we're at. Thanks for doing this, Greg. Again. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Also, listen to the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Derek, that's my plug. (laughs) That's going to do it for this week.
0: Make sure you are reading HaleVarsity.com. Make sure you're subscribed to HaleVarsity. Subscribe to all the podcast offerings we have as a proud part of the Herd App Media Network. Shouts to Sasha for producing this And like I said in the beginning, to you guys for listening each week, I appreciate it. But remember, if you have not already, go leave a five-star review. If you leave a four-star, a three-star, a two-star, or God forbid, a one-star review, I will find you. I will track down your email address, and I will spam message clips of the Scott's Tots episode of The Office straight into your inbox. Nobody wants that. Nobody has tested me yet. I kind of want it to happen, actually, but I don't want a one-star review. A zero star review those would be terrible That would hurt my it would hurt my feelings be safe talk to you guys next week a hood
1: media production